Well, good morning. Um, we're going to continue to talk about drive, uh, how God's given us drive. I want to, um, uh, let's just go over the, the main points here. Uh, we're going to just kind of uh, look at this summary every week. On the next slide there, uh, there, it says that God, there we go. There it is. Okay. God has, God, God given drive is necessary for survival. Now we talked about that. What that means is, is that uh, God given us a mission and a direction to go as believers is very important for our survival, for our life in Christ. We, um, we need him, uh, well, he does put something out in front of us always to keep us focused on a mission for him. The next thing is God-given plans always become a reality. When God plans something and he plans, it, uh, plans to work, uh, work that plan through you and I, here's the thing we can always be sure of, that what God sets out to do, he always finishes. Now, I want to add something to that. Uh, we can choose to be in part, a part of God's plan and work with him in his plan, or we can be absent from it. God's still going to do it. That's the thing we need to realize. God accomplishing what he wants to do is not dependent on us to do it. He's going to do it regardless. But what he does is he offers us an opportunity to be involved with him in his work. So just keep that in mind as we think about drive. And this is a... The last one, God-given opportunity knows no age limit. It knows no, it knows no uh, limitation of years, none of that. I mean, when uh, listen, he will give you opportunity until he's done with you on this earth. So uh, just always keep that in mind. This morning, we're going to talk about a couple of things uh, when we think about drive. Number one, number one, number one thing we're going to talk about is what you believe about God in your life. This is really important. What do you believe God can do through you? Do, you? do you have faith in God working through your life? That's number one. Number two is, what are you saying to yourself? What do you preach to yourself about God? You know, we should always remind ourselves about how much God loves us. Uh, we should never, we, every day. We should, we should not cease to remind ourselves of what, how, what God thinks of us. You know, uh, he tells us how much he loves us. We should remind ourselves of that. What are you saying to yourself about God? Because what you say to yourself about God says a lot about what you believe about God. Uh, so what you believe translates into what you say. What you say about yourself, about what you feel, how God feels about you. The other thing is, what are you saying to others about what you believe about God? So there's several things. I want to tell you something. I'm, I'm more and more, as the older I get, the more I realize something. My words are so very powerful. What I say, uh, they can, man, you know, the Bible tells us with our words we can build someone up or we can tear someone down. What we say is so very important. With our words, we can tear ourselves down or we can build ourselves up. What we say, we can either tear someone, we can tear someone else down or we can build someone else up. Um, one time when Hannah was a little baby, oh, I don't know, she was, uh, she was in Sunday school learning scripture verses and she was just a little thing, probably, I don't know, six or seven years old. And, uh, and I said something negative. I don't remember what I said. It doesn't really matter because Hannah reminded me that I said something negative, and she said this, Now, Daddy, 
Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only that which brings grace and builds up the hearer. I was like, that was a mouthful for a six-year-old. That's Ephesians 4.29, if y'all don't know what that is. He was reminding me about the things I say. What you say is so very important. What you say to yourself and what you say to other people. We're going to study about a guy named Caleb this morning. Now, before we get into this scripture reading, I want to preface this or tell you what's happened to this point right here. So Caleb was one of the Israelites... Um, who came out of slavery in Egypt. Okay, so God delivers these people out of slavery. You know, you can read the story of God delivering the children of Israel out of, the out of bondage and slavery in Egypt, and you can correlate that directly to your life and how God delivered you out of the bondage and slavery of sin. It just fits perfectly when you think about how it all happened and all of that. God takes these right around 2 million Israelites and provides them a way out of slavery. And they go out and, you know, that's the story of the Red Sea where they crossed the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness there. And they went into the edge of the promised land and they were there and God told Moses, he said, I want you to send some spies into the land to check it out uh, so that we can figure out our military campaign to go into that land and take it because that's the promised land for my people. So they're there on the edge of the promised land, the land of Canaan, and God sends, or, or Moses sends over, by order of God, these 12 spies. They go over into the land and they spy out the land. Well, they come back, these 12 spies, and, they, and 10 of, out of the 12 came back and they said, Oh, the land is beautiful. They were even carrying a big cluster of grapes that was the, the Bible describes as a describes it as huge. These grapes are big, and they bring those back, and they say the food is plentiful. There's lots, there's lots to do, or lots of food and lots of opportunity in that land. But Moses, there is a problem. The people are mighty. The cities are fortified, and there's even giants there, the Anakim. They're these big people that are nine foot tall. That's where Goliath descended from, who David fought. These huge people, and it was very intimidating for them. And the ten said, there is no way, no how, that we're going to win this fight. There's no way, no how, that we're going to take this land. But there were two guys. A guy named Joshua and a guy named Caleb. Who said, with God's help, with his direction, with his drive, we can take that land. With God's help, we'll own that promised land. But the people wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb for saying that. They wanted to kill them. No, you can't lead us into that. So the Lord got angry. And he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You're going to wander around here in this desert for 40 years. Those of you who refuse to believe my promise are going to die off. In 40 years, we're going to take that promised land. And Joshua and Caleb, who will be at that time about 80, 85 years old, they're going to go into that promised land, and they're going to help take that promised land. Caleb believed God in faith for what 
he would do. Here's where we pick up. So we come to this place, and they've entered into the promised land. They're there. They've crossed over into it. They've already began to take it. They've taken Jericho. Uh, they've taken Ai after a short stint of battle and things like that. So they go in, and we get to, we're about middle way through them conquering their conquest of the promised land. And God had promised Caleb, he said, I'm going to give you the hill country, Caleb. You're gonna, because of your faith and because you trusted in me, I'm going to give you the hill country. This is where Caleb picks up, and he's talking to Joshua. Caleb is now 85 years old. Keep that in mind. He is 85 years old at this time. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the, the, Ken, the Kenizzite, there it is, the Kenizzite said, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me, talking about Joshua and Caleb, you see, know what he said concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet, this is important, yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden you shall, uh, shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever. Read it. Ready? Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, be, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses. And with, while Israel walked in the wilderness, and now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength is now as the strength it was then for war and for going and coming. So now, I love this. Give me this hill country. Man, church, y'all hear that? I mean, that's, I'm telling you, Caleb hasn't lost hope. He's been wandering around for 40 years. He's remembered the promises that God gave him all that time ago. Caleb is now 85 years old, and he's not looking back on his life and looking forward and going, well, it's too late for me. I'm done. I'm 85. There, why, why go now? Why not just lay down and give up? That's not what he does. You know what he does? He goes to Joshua, and he says, Joshua, give me my mountain. Boy, I love that. I mean, I hope I'm like that when I'm 85, you know. I just want the mountain, right? He goes on and he says, let me get back to where I was. I got preachy there. We're just in the scripture reading right now, right? <laughs> it says, you know, right at the first. So give me the hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim, that's giants, those are giants. There were big nine-foot-tall people uh, were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will, Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him, and he gave, him Hebron, to, he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, 
for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzanite. To this day, why? Why? Let's read it. Please read it with me. Because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel. That's why. I mean, his whole thing was he was following the lead of God. God had something out in front of him. He gave him a mission and a goal. And because of that, because Caleb never gave up, he never stopped, he never quit. He followed the Lord as God his whole life. He never quit. You know, I will tell you, if you that's one of the, man, wouldn't that be great if we could all have that on our headstones one day? You know, I mean, you think about it, we're all going there anyway, right? Let's just be honest with one another. But that could be on my headstone. Here lies Wade Yarbrough. He followed the Lord God with all his heart. That would be the perfect thing to put on there, right? That's what, we should, be, what should be remembered about us, just like Caleb. Uh, he followed God. I, th- I think if we learned to follow God with all of our heart, man, how life would just, man, Okay, it wouldn't be perfect, and it wouldn't be without problems and all that, but man, it would set into place, and we would just roll with all the punches and how God would just work in our lives if we would just learn to follow him with our whole heart. Um, So here's a couple of things we need to talk about. Hold on to God's promises. We need to learn to hold on to God's promises. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kizit, the Kenizzite, or Kenizzite, I get those mixed up. The Kenizzite said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Canish Barnea, concerning you and me? He's like, Remember the promise that God made. Remember the promise that God made us. I'm going to take you back to that promise right now, found in Deuteronomy. When all this first went down, 40, 40 some odd years before that, it says, no one of these, now, Not one of these men of this evil generation, talking about those who wouldn't believe, who wouldn't go in, shall see the good land that I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it, and to him and to his children I will give the land on which he has trodden, because he has wholly followed the Lord God. See, it, it says it back there again, too. And then it says also about Joshua. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you shall enter encourage him for he shall cause Israel to inherit it so Joshua and Caleb who believe God will go into that land because they wholly follow God now here's some things about I want you to talk, think about holding on to God's promises here they are first of all Caleb lived like he knew it to be true can you imagine just for a minute can you put yourself in his shoes They're wandering around in that wilderness, in that desert for 40 years. Now, only Joshua and Caleb had the promise of God. None of the others did. They knew that they they knew because God told them, you will not enter my rest. You will not enter into that land of Canaan. Only Caleb and Joshua. Can you imagine, just imagine the negativity that was around those two men. How in the world could you live in such a... I'm telling you, those guys, those people had to be very negative about their receiving the promise of God. Everybody around them, well, I'm not getting to go in there. I hope you die. Right? Can you see it? Can you, I mean, can you hear? That? I mean, they were so... But we live in a world full of that kind of negativity. 
We really do. It's all around us. You see it on TV. You read it on the news. Uh, people say it to you personally. We live in a negative world. We've got to continually remind ourselves we've got to live like we know God's promises to us are true. That has to be out in front of us so that we know that we keep focused on where we're going. We're bound for the promised land. You and I have an incredible, incredible promise. What do you believe about God to be true? You know, the Bible tells us that we will rule and reign with Christ. The Bible tells us, you and I, who believe, who follow Jesus, it tells us that we will be kings and priests to the Lord our God. It tells us that God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light so we could proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of this darkness into marvelous light. God has made promises to us that we have an incredible inheritance of heaven. And even right now, right now, we're living in that inheritance. What do we believe about God? Here's another one. Caleb, we, we notice that Caleb boldly proclaimed God's promise to him. When he went to Joshua, he said, Joshua, do you remember what God said about me? That's really important. I think you need to remind yourself on a regular basis about what God says about you. Are you a child of the Most High? Yes, no, maybe. Do you believe that? Do you remind yourself of it? Do you remind yourself that you belong to a God who loves you, who keeps you, who has an inheritance beyond this world that is undefiled, untainted, and forever and ever and ever? Do you remind yourself that Jesus loves you so much he loved you so much. Do you remind yourself that Jesus loved you so much that he came here and he sacrificed himself, gave himself for your sin and my sin. He gave himself for you to save you for all of eternity. Do you remind yourself of how much God loves you and that God has reserved for you a promise? See, I, I, see, I can't see how any believer, any person of faith, could live a life in defeat if they believed what God has done for them and if they believe and remind themselves about how much God loves them. Do you uh, have a fearless faith in Christ? Caleb was not afraid to take that mountain just yesterday, I had a funeral up in Crowley, and um, I don't know, sometimes, it was a graveside service, and sometimes when I'm preaching those 
services like that, man, I'm not telling you, I just, this boldness comes over to me like I can't explain it. You know, I, I don't know how it happens. I, I really don't. It's just the Holy Spirit of God. I'm just telling you, I experience God's Holy Spirit probably more in those situations than any time in my life. It's just like he takes over and he starts to speak and I'm just, my mouth is opening and I don't even understand what's coming out. It was one of those moments. And uh, there was, I read the obituary and it was short and not a lot of words, but there was one line in there and this was the line. It was a lady who did the funeral for her, and it said, she was of the Christian faith. Now, it didn't give a church affiliation or any of that. A lot of times the obituary, they'll belong to this church or that church and all that. All it said was she was of the Christian faith. What a powerful statement of truth. If someone's of the Christian faith, if someone is of the Christian faith, if they have a fierce faith in Christ, then they believe that they have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. If, they, if, you, if someone can say that just about you, that you are of the Christian faith, to me that says a mouthful, because that tells me that I have trusted Jesus who came to this earth and died on the cross and paid my sin debt, that he came into my life and changed me forever, empowered me by his Holy Spirit and given me a hope and a promise that will go on forever and ever and ever and ever. I am of the Christian faith and I want to have a fierce faith in what God is doing for my life. And I believe Caleb had that. Here's the next thing, and I love this part of this sermon. It's not been too long. You know, it's not been too long. You know, sometimes that we get so far removed from certain things. Maybe God put someone in your heart years ago, or maybe you, you waited a really long time to trust Christ to save your soul. And you're thinking, well, you know what? It's been a really long time since God put that on my heart. I waited a really long time to get saved, and now I'm at the end, toward the end of my life, or in the middle of my life, and I just now gave my heart to Jesus, and it just seems like it's been too long. I didn't start young, so maybe, you know, God's just, you know, I'm just going to, you know, finish out my life like it is and go to heaven, it'll be fine, and, and really God's not going to use me at this point in my life, and it's just been too long. It's been too long since I, since I had that argument with that person that I, that was a friend of mine at one time, and, you know, we've been at odds for years, and we haven't even spoken. It's been too long. I shouldn't call them now. I shouldn't, I shouldn't make amends now. It's been too long, right? Um, it, it's, it's, it's been too long since, well, you know, a lo long time ago, I felt God tugging at my heart to call into the ministry, and, you know, I ignored that then, and it's just been too long. I've been disobedient. I've been a Christian for a really long time, but I've not really been obedient to Christ. I mean, you know, I've gone to church here and there and, and done a few things, but, you know, I've, got a, I, I've lived a lot of my life without really being committed to God. It's too late now. It's just been too, too long. How many of you walked in here saying those very same words to yourself? Too long, too late for me. 
I'm so glad that Joshua did not, or Caleb did not believe that it had been too long. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these forty-five years. All that time, this is what, I, what Caleb believed, that God had kept him alive all of that time. He kept him alive for 45 years, all of that time, for this moment that he could take his mountain. So all this, for 45 years, since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, how old is he? I am this day 85 years old, and I am still as strong today as I was the day that Moses sent me out. My strength now as as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. You know, I believe that Caleb believed that God was giving him his strength. And I believe that Caleb boldly spoke these words about himself, that God's going to sustain me. God's going to provide my strength, that he's going to make me able to take my mountain. And this is the really great part. Caleb didn't have the attitude, well, it's been too late and too long. He said, I'm ready to go take my mountain. Here's some, here's some things we need to review really quick. People who live forever have no time constraints. I hope that you understand this. If you have given your life to Jesus and he lives in your heart, you are going to live forever. We live life on this earth like we're going to die and it's all over. Even Christians live our life on this earth like, well, it doesn't really matter because I'm going to make it to 70, 80, 90, whatever, and then I'm going to die and it's going to be over. No, we don't live life like that. We live life, we look forward to our life ahead because our life ahead has no end. If Caleb had thought his life was, had a true ending at 85 years old, why in the world would he want to take a mountain? But he said, give me my mountain. You know, I got kids, I got grandkids, I've got people that I want to fight for that mountain for to be sure they get the same inheritance I got coming. I'm never going to give up, I'm never going to quit because eternal people have no constraints in their time. God doesn't consider time and age to be a problem. But a lot of people don't realize this, but even Moses was 80 years old when he went to deliver the children out of Egypt. He was 80 years old when he stood before Pharaoh and he said, let my people go. He was 40 when he left Egypt. He was 80 when he came back. When God called, God did not even call Moses until he was 80. He doesn't know 
time or age constraints. Joshua was 80 plus when he took the children of Israel to lead them to conquer the promised land. Caleb was 85 when he went to take his mountain, and by gosh, he took it. Hope and vision gave Caleb the drive. Looking forward to what God had out in front of him. You know, I've heard this saying a lot of times. You know, one thing I've told you about this church, and I just love it because of people in this church. Everybody knows you're just your hard-working people, you know. And um, and sometimes people that are hard-working people, the one thing they don't want to ever do is retire. Because they feel like if they retire, they have no purpose left in their life to go out and do things. That nothing's out ahead of them. And a lot of people, when they retire, they just kind of, I mean, I've heard it said, you know, I mean, I've seen it. You know, they, they sit down and it's over. Right? Caleb, I guess he never retired, did he? He just had the drive that God had laid out before him. He never quit. He never stopped. Charlie's over there smiling because he just retired from his job. <laughs> I told him, I said, when a pastor hears the word retire, he hears available. <laughs> I think Terry Ann's keeping him plenty busy. Okay, last one here's this the giants aren't too big. He said, Now give me the hill country of which the Lord spoke on the day, for you heard on that day how the Anakims were there, and with great fortified cities. It may be that God will be with me and shall drive them out just as he, the Lord said. Man, it seems like we always find giants in our life, don't we? We always find things that say, they, they tell us, well, you can't do that because this thing is too big for you to handle. These giants are too big. You'll never overcome the giants out ahead of you. Even if God is calling you out in your life, even if he's putting things out, he just, you know, the giants want everyone to lay down, just look and be intimidated and lay down. That's what the giants desire. They don't want to fight. The giants want you to see them and go, oh, never mind, don't want no part of no giants, right? You know, I've, I've heard a lot of things over the last few weeks, and I've heard people say uh, things like, you know, well, you know, it's over now, and that it's too late now, and uh, all of these things. You know, now you can call me an optimist, because I believe I am. But I believe there's the reason why I'm an optimist. Because I'm trusting in God to lead my life, in my church. I'm trusting in God as your pastor to lead you. And I'm going to tell you something that I believe. There's no giant too big for the Lord my God. And I believe this too. As long as God has given me breath in my lungs and a heartbeat in my chest, it is never, ever, ever too late to pursue what God has called us to do as a church. Because this is what the Bible says. 
There's no giant too big. Matter of fact, it says these words, nothing is impossible with God. Matter of fact, if you don't believe me, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with, what does it say? Let's read it, church. But with God, all things are possible. I'm going to ask our band to come up here. And they're going to play us a closing song. I'm so glad that you believed it was possible for you to drive to church in the snow this morning. I want to... I want to share something else with you that's possible. This morning, I don't know the condition of any soul in here. I know all your faces. Not a bunch of us here this morning. But there could be somebody out there this morning, whether you know me or not, whether I know you or not, that you still have not given your life to Christ as your Savior and Lord. The one impossibility that you're facing is what Jesus was referring to when he was talking to the disciples. He said, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And what the question was before that saying was this, Lord, who can be saved? (laughs) And he says, with man, basically, salvation is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. He made salvation possible through himself and what he did on the cross. Jesus wants to forgive your sin. He died on the cross for you so that you could go to heaven to be with him, to provide a relationship with you to him. This morning, you may need to give your life to him. You may need to trust in what he did for you on that cross. Everyone in here, bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm just going to simply lead you in a prayer. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. So this morning, I just want to help you to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. And if you have faith and believe in this prayer, you're about to pray, God will save your soul right now where you sit. As we pray, simply repeat after me, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. And I need a Savior. And I need a Savior. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. And I believe you rose again on the third day. And I believe you rose again on the third day. I believe you live forever. I believe you live forever. And you can give me eternal life. And you can give me eternal life. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come and live in my life. Come and live in my life. And be my Savior. Be my Savior. And it's in your mighty name. It's in your mighty name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I proclaim. I proclaim. I am saved. I am saved. Lord God, I want to thank you so much for those that prayed. Lord, I pray that you would bless them. And I pray that if there's someone here that gave their heart to you for the very first time, that you would be with them and walk with them, Lord. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, it's simple. Walk out the back door, grab one of those cards, those pieces of paper. And write your name and your phone number on it and leave it in the wooden box on the way out the door and I'll, I'll contact you. You know, uh, we had, uh, we've had some uh, people filling out papers for membership. If, you, if you're not a member of Chisholm Trail Church and you'd like to be, please, uh, I'd like to talk to you about that. There's a, you can fill that card as well. Put your name and your phone number on uh, and just check the membership box. And I'll be glad to call you and talk to you about becoming a member of our church. 
Uh, let's stand up and...